Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Cacciolillo, your host, and today we have Jane Kyle. All I know about her is Texas UFO. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Texas UFOs pretty much does it. So, so I mean, have to assume that you're in Texas. That's my short bio. Texas, just Texas.UFOs. <laughs> So what part of Texas are you in? So I am in Central Texas, born and raised in Austin. And yep, I mean, I was a normal person growing up and, you know, just got a journalism degree from UT Austin, the University of Texas, Austin, enjoyed writing, came across UFOs, realized they were happening in Texas, started blogging slash reporting on it. And the rest is history. So, Good. yep. H- have you seen a UFO? So people, that's a pretty common question, understandably. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Why it, um, but my answer is pretty disappointing. I think <laughs> maybe I saw one one time. And... I didn't, even though I had been reporting on UFOs for several years at that point, I really didn't think to, I even had my phone handy, always have my phone handy, like most people, (laughs) Uh, but I didn't think to film it or photograph it or even draw a picture of it afterward. I didn't report on it on my own website. I just wondered about it almost immediately started debunking it in my own head. And then, uh-huh. you know, that was that. But So, so what made it yeah. unique that made you consider that it was like a mm-hmm. UFO and not a plane? Right. So there were three lights in a triangular formation, which by itself doesn't really say anything. You can point out any three stars right in the sky yeah. or any three lights and make a triangle. But this was like, just looked like a craft, like a dark craft. Of course, it was nighttime, you know, so it could could have been, you know, transparent or three separate lights, but it looked like a dark craft that was just hovering very quietly. It seemed to be low flying. So I was wondering, is this a large, you know, craft I'm looking at? Um, But like I said, I, you know, I do know being a UFO researcher, really most of the time I'm debunking things or identifying uh-huh. things, right? And so I know all the things it could be. So I'm wondering, is this a drone? I think that was the first thought that popped into my head. I was out viewing fireworks and um, this shows you how funny my memory was with this is I don't remember if this was wintertime or summertime, like 4th of July fireworks or New Year's Eve fireworks, you know, but it was something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that pretty boring story, but that's, you know, my one UFO sighting for now, so far. It's better to me. I don't have any UFO sightings. There you go. Okay, good. But I'm hoping one day. If you just keep looking up, chances are you're, you're going to see something, something strange. I hope so. I do spend a lot of time sitting out in my backyard at night 
hoping to see one. Do you live in a city with a lot of light pollution or? Not anymore. I live in Alabama. Okay. So, well, that helps. So we have a really good view of the sky here. Oh, well, that helps a lot. So I'm, I think one reason I haven't seen much is I have always lived in a decent sized city with a lot of lights competing for attention. So it's hard to see things, you know, it's hard to just see normal stars. Yeah. You know, nevertheless, yeah. UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it was when I lived in New Jersey. You couldn't even see the sky at night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the case for, well, I mean, that's where most people live, right? Or in the cities or those are the highly dense people. So for a lot of people, that's the situation is it's hard to see much besides, and just think of too of all the satellites up there and it's like thousands of objects we have up there that are man-made <laughs> yeah that's the one thing like i've definitely seen satellites that wasn't even a couple of days ago i think i saw when i was looking at it and at first i said oh wait maybe that is a ufo but then mm-hmm. i noticed it was just going perfectly straight i'm like right definitely a satellite yeah yep that's a a giveaway that something's not a ufo if it's just going in a predictable linear uh you know um direction yeah without you know stopping suddenly or making a sudden turn but what's interesting is though our craft now is so advanced right think about the starlink satellite train that elon musk has been sending up as far as uh, as part of spacex that is quite an amazing show in the sky and has been um many people have thought they were UFOs and actually were kind of frightened. And so it it makes you wonder though, because um, with our craft becoming so advanced, it's increasingly hard, I would think, to distinguish, you know, could that be ours or could that be another intelligent species, right? Because we send robots to Mars, you know, what would be stopping some other alien from sending a satellite around Earth? right or some remote rover looking thing you know here that um would just be like oh that's ours so (laughs) it's tricky absolutely um so uh when you are researching ufos do people seek you out or do you look for people that have had encounters or do you belong to like mufon or something like that yeah so i don't belong to any specific or official reporting organization though i do source from those places so i'm regularly looking at regularly looking at mufon reports um reports that go into the national ufo reporting center videos that people upload to youtube tweets that you know people make and then i'm also receiving reports so i'm getting emails and then following up with those witnesses when i can so yeah it's it's a mix of both Interesting. Have you interviewed anybody who has been abducted? Yes, I have. I've actually, I have one of their interviews featured from on the, my YouTube channel, but it's from a few years back. So I couldn't, I mean, I'd have trouble telling you how to find it. Uh, But no, I mean, I've talked to many who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens and received many testimonies from people who claim to have had that experience. And I say claim just because it's not an experience 
I can personally relate to. Right. And those experiences by nature, by design, or however you want to put it, um, notoriously are lacking in physical evidence. So while I do field reports of triangle UFOs or saucer-shaped craft, I can say, yep, I've got a video of that, or I've got a photo of that, or I've got multiple witness testimony, eyewitness testimony. Uh But with abductions, people typically don't have that kind of evidence to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to just go on their memory of what happened and their interpretation of what happened. Mm. So it's just a different, yeah, it's a different animal. It's a different alien. (laughs) (laughs) If you will. Yeah. So during abduction cases, um, like you say claim, so you're kind of careful about what you're saying. Um, do you, th- like, if you were to make a theory on it, would you theorize that it's actually extraterrestrials abducting people or that it is some type of covert military operation trying to make people believe they're being abducted by aliens? Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose the first theory is the more skeptical theory, right? That um, I think most people, well, I, I think a lot of people would agree that that abductees and contactees aren't lying. I mean, there's obviously going to be some hoaxers or liars in any group or maybe people who are prone to exaggerating or fantasy or things like that. But I think for the most part, even skepticals who are skepticals, (laughs) skeptical folks who don't necessarily believe that aliens are visiting will usually accept that abductees or contactees are at least telling the truth or retelling something that they believe happened. So then the question is, you know, okay, so then the skeptical theory is, well, they could be hallucinating, you know, experiencing some kind of lucid dream, powerful lucid dream, you know, states of weird states of consciousness, like sleep sleep paralysis, paralysis, right? Which sleep paralysis is a real, real thing. Hallucinations are a real thing. You know, um, all that's real. Okay. So putting that aside though, um, Well, not putting that aside, I think early on in my research, I think I had more of my pie chart kind of sliced out for that skeptical take on things. Although the UFO phenomenon was very well documented and even, even some alien encounters and abductions had been documented historically. Um, I wasn't personally seeing modern day evidence that just um, undefiably, you know, proved to me that these experiences were happening. However, as time has gone on, there are certain things that are just hallmark, you know, um, what's the word? Characteristics, right? That people just have time and time again that lead me toward, I guess, the ET hypothesis. Um, there's the experience of missing time, of not being able to recall these experiences unless late until later, like in a state of hypnosis or dreaming, um, or just having to really try to deeply recall. There's the vision of the gray alien with the big black 
ominous eyes, bug-like eyes, big gray head, skinny body, usually shorter, but there have been um, encounters of taller grays too. So there's some things like that um, within all these cases that are now starting to be backed up by some other intelligence that's coming forward and, and evidence that's coming forward that leads me to the ET hypothesis. That said, there's a big asterisk because when we're talking about ETs or aliens, it's impossible to talk about them without talking about the human cover-up of it right. or, you know, the human his, history telling of it. And we don't know what is that relationship between the humans and the ETs. Are the ETs working with the humans? Are the humans mimicking the ETs, right? Like co copycat. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I know that's that's a very long answer <laughs> right. um, to your question, but you really that's that's the question, right? That it's, everybody in wants. In some to ways, know. Is, it is. Um, yeah. How about um, maybe the ET, like say, like human civilization is far older than what we think it is. In fact, there's a lot of evidence right now from archaeological discoveries. That, that humans have been around for a lot longer than, than what was originally thought. And that there was probably previous races of humans that we don't even know about yet. Okay. So what if one of those races of humans became so advanced that they were able to leave the planet and then the ones that were left here got wiped out and now they return and they're just humans that have actually evolved to adapt to living in space. Mm -hmm. It's, that's a very reasonable theory. And so that's what's nice about having the topic of UFOs and aliens be open is it allows for all kinds of diverse theories like that that we can then explore and try to, try to find evidence for. And that has been proposed. Um, there is, you know, the, the TV show Ancient Aliens, which is a pretty sensational show. Can I love get, that show. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is so fun and it does just that. You know, it proposes kind of that theory of the idea of ancient aliens or advanced um, kind of humanoids or godlike beings helping humans here on Earth. But in that very same uh, umbrella, I guess, of ancient alien theories is what you're saying. And so that has been proposed, the idea of time-traveling aliens or, like, time-traveling, you know, humans from the future, you know, like, almost like tourists or scientists or historians coming back to see what history was like. So those are all, believe it or not, or unbelievably <laughs> um, believable theories of, about what could be causing all of this. And, um, and that goes also to your question of could humans be part of the abduction phenomenon? And there have been, um, along with reports of seeing like the greys and other maybe more classical alien type or scarier creatures, I guess, or more exotic creatures, there have been encounters with like humans. During so Travis Walton is a famous, well, 
documented abduction case. If, if you haven't researched it or if your audience has, I invite them to um, go look that up some more. Um, but he described seeing, in addition to the grays, like a human in a spacesuit as well during his encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the cover-up side of it. Yeah. This has like always been one of my, my favorites because this is kind of what got me into the, the UFO thing myself. And I'll tell you like the little story that, that happened to me. Um, I was, this was a long time ago. I was, uh, had to have been ooh, maybe 25 years ago. Um, I was working at Bell Labs and I worked, when I was working there back then I used to smoke and I was outside smoking a cigarette and, uh, I was talking to one of the scientists there and he was one of the guys that I was, uh, working on putting out fiber optic technology. It wasn't quite out yet. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he was telling me about it and he said that he told me right out, right up front. He goes, I, he told me that he used to work for NASA and that the technology for fiber optics and for silicon chips came from reverse engineering a spacecraft. And then I, I dismissed it as, you know, BS. You know, at that time I wasn't into this stuff at all. And then I would say maybe two years later, Bob Lazar came out with his story. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, that guy was telling me the truth. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, do you think that's true? They, they, I mean, they have to be covering something up. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, I don't think there's any question now that, um, so we know now based on what has been declassified and released it by the New York Times actually kind of starting in December 2017. Um, and, we, and we knew it to some degree before. But UFOs, so the UFO phenomenon, it's a classified topic. So essentially, if something is serious enough uh, to come down the pipeline to the White House, it's classified. Right. And the White House can essentially do whatever it wants with it or, or whatever agencies, whether it's NSA, CIA, FBI. So depending on wh- who gets that UFO report, how it gets filed. So we only know of what's been declassified. We only know of what's been, you know, rumored and leaked, you know, and then beyond that, what, what are rumors or leaks or, you know, um, just kind of user generated evidence, right? Like YouTube videos just posted, you know, online by uh, a real person or maybe somebody creating CGI videos. So a hundred percent, there's been a cover up, and that's well documented. So we've got project blue book which was the official public investigative group that was, I think, began in the 40s and ran, I think, maybe through the 70s at the, the latest. Um, and the father, um, J. Allen Hynek, who worked on Project Blue Book, is considered the father of ufology. Yeah. You know, and he said that... Um, that they were not really hired to investigate UFOs. They were hired, I don't know the exact quote, but something like, um, to keep the public from getting too excited about this, right? To really just minimize the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But then behind the scenes, you know, there's Project Sign, and Project Grudge, and all these top secret 
organization, you know, studies of UFOs. I mean, there's even things like Project Stargate, where the CIA was investigating the psychic phenomenon in secret. So we know for sure that we've got an FBI, NSA, CIA, you know, multiple top secret trails, you know, of probably people just like you and me wondering about what UFOs are, looking at, you know, reports, um, but they weren't allowed, unlike you and me, they couldn't go and then talk about it outside of, you know, these private rooms. They had to sign non-disclosure agreements, maybe quite frightening ones, more frightening than you or I would just, you know, sign working for a government, like, or working for a company, you know, like Bell Labs or whatever, even. Um, so for sure there was a cover up. Um, I don't think that's a question anymore. Right. It and, seems like yeah. they're easing up on it now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Lou Elizondo, for folks who don't know, is a, I guess you could say government insider. He still has an intelligence clearance. And he's been one of the more vocal government officials, I guess, to speak out about UFOs. And I mean, he said so much that UFOs are real. They um, are not man-made and that they could be a threat. And, you know, this is, of course, along with the official release of three videos of UFOs taken by... Yeah, the Tic Tac. All by Navy pilots. You have the Tic Tac and the Gimbal and the Go Fast, the three separate videos. You know, we've got multiple statements now by President Trump about UFOs that aren't jokes. So that that's unprecedented. Um, we've got yeah statements about off-world vehicles um, being investigated by uh, or the Defense Department being briefed about off-world vehicles that was came out in the New York Times recently. So yeah, this has been um, it's kind of a nonstop the yeah. UFO and alien stories ever since while well, the the first, the previous election. <laughs> yes, that seems what, like decades ago. <laughs> it, it, it has been a long, <laughs> a long ride. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what do you think is the reason for them to, you know, I mean, like Luis Alessandro, for, for, for instance, you know, I mean, obviously, they're allowing him to come out and speak. You know, I, I don't think it's something that he's, um, you know, trying to be a renegade or anything. No. You know, I, I think he, he's been, you know, chosen basically to bring that information out mm-hmm. and, and to, to open those channels for some declassification. Um, and, and so there's, um, I always get, what was it Chris Mellon? Yes. You know Mm-hmm. He he's also, mm-hmm. you know, been really active in that. Yeah. Um, and it also, you know, it, and that's just for like the United States. Like there are other countries that have been very open about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Like Chile and even Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. has always kind of been like, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. UFOs and we don't know what they are. Yeah, I mean, there have been statements by other. I don't know if heads of state, I don't know if that's too strong a word, but other, you know, respected leaders, you know, across the world about 
UFOs and UFO files and UFO files have been released by other governments, even um, by Britain before, I think I want to say by Canada before. And, um, but I will say nothing. I don't know that anything is quite compared though to, cause you know, us, and I remember us getting a bad rep for many years by the UFO community. Like, Hey, these countries are doing it. Why can't you? And it does seem like, um, we're making up for lost time here uh-huh. <laughs> in the United States, um, with what's been coming out recently. And it seems like more will come. So, um, yeah, time will tell how it all, um, when we look at all the worlds and all the files out there, what that story ends up being, you know, when we put all these puzzle pieces together. Cause, yeah. So as a researcher, what are some of the best cases that you've researched? Yes. So, well, there's been, so I've been doing this since 2012, or at least focused on Texas. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. So there've been, I mean, there've been amazing cases, you know, so many that I've even forgotten some, you know, they, it really, you know, um, I would say a few things though. So I'd say there's some patterns of cases. So for one, um, the triangle UFO reports always enthrall me because they've been so consistent and so regular and um, undoubtedly, I'm sure some top secret military or um, fancy drones yeah. get caught up in that mixture. But overall, um, all the vo- photos and videos and testimony and drawings, detailed drawings, you know, that people have made of these triangle craft really fascinate me. The classic triangle being the dark, solid, quiet, low-flying, hovering craft, sometimes, you know, blacking out like the night sky, very large, um, and then will take off at tremendous speed, you know, things like that, or shoot up, you know, into the stratosphere kind of thing. So that the triangle UFO phenomenon So it's hard to pin down to one specific case because there really have been so many videos and testimonies and it's been well documented. I have a real-time map of them. um, So that's usually embedded on any triangle UFO report on Mm -hmm. texasufosightings.com. And I'm going to be working on that and how to bring some of those stats, you know, more to life to folks. They can find some of the better videos um, that get buried. Um, the gray alien abduction phenomenon that we talked about earlier is, you know, that always sticks out, you know, in my head. Um, but as far as like actual, um, cases where I've found, um, the most exciting things, you know, that I personally uncovered, it's actually turning over a lot of new stones from cases from long ago. So um, there I'm currently, you know, looking into airships, you know, from the 1800s mm-hmm. and seeing how the Texas, you know, history here ties, ties into that. So um everything from like the Aurora, Texas incident of 1897. People should totally look that one up to um, the Cash Landrum incident of 1980. That's where um, 
two women and one of the women's grandchildren um, saw a craft that looked like a diamond kind of with the top cut off hovering and they exited their vehicle to view this or um, one of the women did and they were um, like hit with intense heat Uh Uh, and it left um, an imprint on their car and they were actually diagnosed with radiation. Yeah, sickness. I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, so that's a Texas case. So some of these old cases, um, I revisit from time to time. You know, we get new when I get new similar cases or you know new testimonies from people who live in the area and things like that. Um, that takes up a lot of time too, and that's really fun. Is there anything that makes uh, Texas special? about the UFO phenomena other than other places? Right. So yeah, Texas has some of the best UFO history. So as far as modern day cases, I mean, really you'll see UFOs anywhere. And Texas, I don't know, is, is, doesn't always make the top of the list these days. But as far as history goes, um, it's super rich and amazing sightings. You've got the Stephenville lights. You've even got the Marfa lights, which is a an ongoing phenomenon that might have a natural explanation. Um, so there's a lot going on in Texas and what makes it special? Um, why, why all the activity? Well, it's a very large state. So there's that. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of room for things to happen. A lot of people to see things and report things. Um, we have a lot of military bases here. So, um, UFOs activity tends to be associated with military bases and that could be that all these are top secret military craft sometimes or that maybe our bases are strategically strategically placed right um where these interactions you know um and they prefer interactions to happen there (laughs) would be a theory and so um for example the roswell debris what some folks don't know um is it was flown to Wright-Patterson Air Mm. Force Base in Ohio, but it was also flown to, I believe, a base in Fort Worth, Texas. So I want to, we have, like I said, we have a lot of bases here, so I don't want to say the name wrong, but it was actually flown to Texas for a time being as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there might be, I would suppose there are many area 51s all over the country probably you know and texas maybe has one or two right so but i'll have to look up that would you think would you you. think it's possible that there's an alien uh, underground alien base in texas it's it's that it's definitely possible but it's one of those things you, you certainly hope, you know, is, is not true. You know, it's much more, I suppose it's less scary to imagine aliens living on their own planets, just kind of flying by sometimes, you know, as opposed to covertly living amongst us. Right. But I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't be possible. Right. I, I have, a, you know, um, I was watching... I forget what it was. Cosmic Disclosure. And then an interview with um, Emery Smith. And he was talking about, 
you know, all these underground bases that are connected by these super fast trains where they have tons of aliens and are experimenting on making clones and all kinds of stuff. It's hard when you're, there's so many voices out there. And so I tend to personally, and I don't know much about Emery Smith. I have seen his name and some of his research before beliefs. I'm not sure where he gets his information, right? Um, But it's hard when you're listening to somebody who has very, very specific, like they just know exactly, you know, how many alien species there are, right? Where they live, what they look like, what their agendas are. Um, My feeling is if if aliens are real and are visiting, they're probably more intelligent or at least have outsmarted enough to to stay pretty quiet and hidden. And um, so that means I'm probably not going to ever be given the full story. So if I'm being given a brief by a a government agent that's telling me the full story, I'm going to guess maybe there's got to be some holes in this story. Right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is our best guess. There's, there's no way aliens are just like, here's how it all is, right? right? So, you know, even if an alien comes and tells me, here's how it all is, I'm the type <laughs> of person to be like, mm, maybe not. Like, maybe you've um, left out some things, right? And then also, it's um, even if there was an alien that came down and told Emery Smith or me, you know how it all is. Okay, well, uh-huh. what about other aliens? You, you can't be the only one. Where, what alien told you this, right? Like, where did you get your information? So for me, um, I'm more interested. I tend to at least my light bulb turns on more when I'm listening to researchers or authors who are theorizing and sh- sharing evidence, sharing things they've heard, um, and then maybe theorizing about it. But when I hear somebody saying, you know, this is how many species and, you know, this is how they operate and, you know, this is where they're located and, Uh you know, they're good or bad. I tend to, to quite, you know, question. Question Yeah. Question them or question their judgments, you know, about, you know, about where they're getting their information Uh from. Um, and hopefully that's comforting because there's some people out there have some pretty fantastical theories that aren't too comforting either. So um, I like to leave some room for, <laughs> right, some some miracles in there, some magic in there. Uh-huh. Some up, I like to leave plenty of room for hope and curiosity and creativity in there for... Right, I get it. You're not like a, yeah. a David Icke type of person. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what he's been saying lately. I don't know that he's been talking much. I don't know that he talks much about the reptilians these days. Mm-hmm. I want, I've, I've heard that he's backed off some of that. So I, I don't know what his updated theories are. But no, yeah, I don't back know in really the day, <laughs> David, I, you know, I, I would have been um, interested in it. You know, like, get me some popcorn. You know, let's right. listen. Um but no, I wouldn't be um, banking on that kind of intel. <laughs> so it seems like your your way of investigating basically is um, very systematic, and you're looking for common denominators and putting them together, like compiling that yeah. information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, I do do I guess 
investigation, um, I do feel my strength, I guess, coming from with like the journalism background and um, some of the other researching writing I did um, before discovering UFOs. I think that's one of my strengths is, is more so detecting those patterns and then relying on the community to also share and report and kind of build up this, um, not this generic database, but, you know, more curated, you know, conversation about it. Whereas there's definitely some others out there that have written 10 books, you know, summarizing every theory they have and why, or there's those really awesome field reporters that, I mean, that are literally out there in the field, you know, handling physical objects Mm -hmm. and things like that. I talk to those people more. Um, Also, I haven't, nobody's given me um, a physical spaceship to touch yet. (laughs) So so nobody's nobody's come to you with like a a piece of unexplained material or anything like that? Not yet. I've, again, I've talked to people who, you know, have things like that and interviewed them. And I, people, it's, it's funny. Most people who report are reporting things to me. Um, as far as I can tell, they're not lying. They're not hoaxing. They're not seeking lots of attention or money or anything. I mean, usually they want to be anonymous and, um, often they don't even want to follow up. So it's almost like, I just want to get this off my chest Mm -hmm. and be done with it. So you're like a UFO therapist. (laughs) A little, a lot, very much so. And I, I would say that was a major motivator actually early on. It's like, wow, there's all these people seeing things. They think they're crazy, you know, because nobody's taking them seriously. Um, And I can be like, no, other people are seeing this too, or this isn't, this looks like a UFO to me. I don't know if it's an alien, but you're not crazy um, for saying, um, for thinking you saw something strange in the sky. Um, Yeah. Yeah. UFO therapist. That's like, maybe I should redo my title. (laughs) I like that. Um, so out of the people that you've talked to, I mean, there, there has to be one case or one person that haunts you. Yeah. There that, are, that, that when you're trying to sleep, that, that when you're trying to sleep at night and you're like, yeah, no, there are what that few, there are few things that I generally can't, I don't think that I would even feel comfortable talking about uh-huh. um, on, and it's not that I've signed anything or anything, but that's the kind of stuff, that's the nature of it, is um, like, okay, I'm maybe going to leave that well enough alone, uh, but you know, I can, again, I can <clears throat> refer just to a triangle craft, you know, that was reported in the UK through MUFON, um, but then I ended up getting in touch with some of the field investigators for that. That led me to believe um, maybe there was some cover-up involved, mm-hmm. you know, so there's things like that. And then there's other things like that, again, that I don't, um, I'm kind of working on, you know, how to, so there, there's a lot like that. I mean, I just did a video about a uh, different possible gray alien videos out there that have been debunked, Mm -hmm. but in my opinion should be reviewed. Um, 
for could they actually be authentic or even edited versions of real footage considering that aliens are a classified topic like we were talking about earlier and so we do have documented um we know that one of the ways that the government or the news um keeps things hidden is by calling it a hoax so this was documented with roswell it was called uh -huh. or you know it was called something it's not right you know so it's given a false identity right weather balloon um this was documented with the phoenix lights it, the mayor initially laughed about it said it was a hoax later admitted no that was real i was yeah. basically told um Rendlesham ufo in the uk there were early reports that it was a hoax. Um, we know now the, none of these um, sightings were hoaxes. Now, mm -hmm. were they aliens? We don't know, but there's a, a long... So we know that the government was kind of allowed to say things were hoaxes. So I would invite people to look at all the most compelling evidence, especially of aliens, purported gray aliens, with a, a lens of that way. And so I actually have a video of that where I talk about Skinny Bob, which is, um, if you haven't seen that footage, it was footage that was uploaded to YouTube in 2009. Um, like clearly edited footage, like there's mm -hmm. text, you know, added, layered on, describing it, and it shows this gray alien with like a spacesuit in great detail. I mean, um, if it is a, is a hoax, it's really wonderful CGI or really incredible animatronics. Is right. what it I, I, I know which video you're talking yep. about. And then there's other the, sto the story I heard, it was made for a movie. Originally. Well, but that was never proven. So that, yeah. I mean, again, that was another one of those, just this, a story that I heard about it to debunk it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, never, so it never ended up in any movie. Um, nobody ever took any credit for it. <laughs> and the most recent intel, so I, I interviewed um, Joe and Emmett Hayes from, they're called the Real UFO Bros. They have a podcast. And um, so I recently talked to them about that footage because they did an interview with um, a man named Rick Doty, who um, is a former, well, he says former, up, up to people to judge um, former like disinformation agent. So he would attend like UFO conferences and things like that, um, influence witnesses, um, investigate cases. So he was literally part of the phenomenon or the cover up of the phenomenon. Uh -huh. And this is documented now. He, um, his belief is that the skinny Bob footage is, um, does show, it could be real because it shows exactly what they look like. Um, and so my, my, what I am saying is if there were real photos and videos of gray aliens out there, um, they probably would end up online or surfacing out there. Not everything could get covered up. Probably a lot could. Um, I think it, it would be surprising to people. It would be surprising to people how easy it is you know, to keep a secret um, when you um, are part of like these organizations, right? Um, <clears throat> but my theory is that these things would get leaked. And mm -hmm. the only thing that you could really do at that point um, would be to call it a hoax, to say it's fake, to even maybe create other versions of it that look yeah. fake and things like that. Um, and that's exactly... 
what we see with the skinny bob footage and it's what we see with some other you know interesting so i say that the gray alien stuff keep me up at night not literally you know <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah are, are you ever concerned about um putting out information i mean obviously i think you already are you've kind of answered this question already um but I, I mean, what would you do if like the men in backs just showed up at your crib? Yeah, I'd probably try to get on Instagram live as soon as possible. <laughs> um, that really would be my best bet, I think, you know, That's a um, good idea. but I'm not, I'm not really worried about that now. And I would say early on. So in 2012, when Texas UFO sightings was, you know, started to update that regularly, um, that was before 2017. So that was before the Pentagon story. Well, obviously, it's before 2017. But before the Pentagon um, and the U.S. government was officially acknowledging UFOs and saying that they were real. So for a very long time, you know, when I was doing the website and the YouTube, um, I was doing it knowing, you know, that the mainstream journalists and um government were saying that UFOs weren't real. So here I am. I mean, you just, it's not, it's not a very good look. Right. <laughs> you look crazy and, or um, crazy in the sense that you're um, reporting on something that has, doesn't deserve to be reported on or crazy to report on something that clearly, you know, the powers that be don't want you to report on. Uh -huh. But I reason that, this was real. It was going to come out no matter what. And um, so all the more reason to become an expert on it and report on it. It's really important. And um, that eventually, but so many people would be talking about this and it wouldn't mm -hmm. matter. And, and fortunately, um, excuse my dry voice um, for all you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Texas weather changes my allergies. Or go crazy. That's essentially my it's cycle. The same, it's the same here in Alabama. Here. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as the cotton comes up, I start. Yeah. And I was exhausted yesterday. So I'm like, oh, it's cedar. And I don't take Claritin like I'm supposed to. Um, so sorry. I should just for the sake of listeners, right? Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, I don't even know what we were saying. But yeah, I mean, UFOs, um, I figured they were real. They were eventually going to come out. You know, there's nothing new under the sun anyways. If aliens were visiting before, they're visiting now, you know, regardless of what any president's saying about them, right? Yes. Um, so eventually the realization would come out, and I would much rather be a part of it and embracing it and kind of ahead of it than just reacting um, later. Right. So you definitely have a very optimistic view of this whole alien situation. Um, so it seems like you feel like they're definitely not a threat to us. I don't know that I, I mean, I feel that aliens, some aliens must be a threat to us, must be a far greater threat than we would probably like to imagine um, or that we have imagined in different Hollywood movies. Uh, but I would also say that about humans. So, I mean, there are like billions of humans, you know, walking on this planet and there's a certain percentage that are, you know, psycho psychopaths. 
um, that are, you know, um, they're scary entities, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of horrors, you know, just walking amongst us, you know, within our own DNA that we still don't even probably fully grasp or or don't even want to come to terms with. I think life is scary. Death is scary. Death's scarier than aliens. It, you're scared of aliens because you're scared of death. So I think it's kind of just you hit a wall with like what's scary. <clears throat> and so that's kind of why um, I assume, well, certainly they're scary aliens, but why wouldn't there also be some cool aliens or <laughs> some really nice aliens out there? And we're all still here. Yeah. So, you know, all those who have had abduction experiences or sightings, they're living to tell about it, you know, despite a pretty aggressive government cover up, you know, the, the truth is getting out there and people are, you know, living to tell about it mm-hmm. um, with really no scrapes or bruises. I mean, probably less than you might see in the paranormal ghost hunting right. community, you know, in those cases, people have scratches and things like that. Um, so I'm not seeing any evidence. Well, that some, there is people, a, some people right. say they have implants. Right. I mean, there has been evidence of, of, of implants. Yes. Well, so on one hand, right, I'm saying how I don't feel personally threatened, you know, uh-huh. right? Everybody's living to tell about it, blah, blah, blah. There's good aliens. And there has to be. There has to be good with the bad. Why? I don't know why people assume we only evolved to be the most evil, you know, <laughs> life forms out there. I think the reverse would be totally true. So there'd, you know, be some kind of balance, right? Um, we'd either blow all, all ourselves up eventually or, or work together, right? So you have to hope that <laughs> that good, um, respectable alien species is out there, maybe looking out for us. Maybe they've right. signed some treaty where, you know, we're a endangered species or something, (laughs) right? You know, we can only hope. At the same time, um, I don't think it's wise um, to, there are, you know, fans of mine or, you know, or just fellow, you know, UFO believers or researchers who will summon UFOs, will seek out contact experiences, who have very positive take on that. my feeling is that we should be more careful than that. And anybody that appears to be kidnapping you Mm -hmm. or um, doing things to you without your permission um, or perhaps leaving behind implants or um, doing anything that could be considered, you know, um, sexual abuse or, you know, um, causing abortions, right? Or um, taking, I mean, let's get down to it. That's some of the the darker parts of the abduction phenomenon is this whole idea of of women often being abducted, right? And um, uh, for the purposes of like their fetus. So that's the really dark side of it. And I do not deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I also, there appears to be some free will you know, at play, I've heard, I've heard cases where, or I've heard it, um, that if you're having experiences like this, you can, you know, you can call on, well, if you're Christian, you know, Jesus, or, you know, some kind of force that's like positive and the experience will stop happening. 
So, you know, what does that mean? You know, what's going on there? So, so there seems to be, I've been able to report on this topic for many, many years now with no men in black visits. So there's some evidence, you know, for folks, you know, um, yeah, so I don't, I think there's a balance out there. I don't think, uh, I think we can handle the truth, whatever it is. Cool. Um, how about other, you think like things like um, crop circles and cattle mutata- mutilations are alien related or something different? Yeah, and that's definitely tied to that darker part of it that we were all talking mm-hmm. about, you know, yeah. the more kind of closer contact and it seems well, at least the animal it, mutations right? are. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And that happens in Texas and, you know, all over the country where there's ranches, as far as I know, um, crop circles are most common in the UK Yeah, and the crop circle phenomenon, it seems more positive. Usually it's usually these beautiful designs um some are definitely man-made but some can't be explained usually beautiful intricate like geometric designs that like pop up overnight and sometimes are associated with ufos um i've interviewed a crop circle expert i haven't been in one um ever before so i'd like to Mm -hmm. so i think i think there must be something to some of the the crop circles that's when I really feel like I just need to personally be in one um, to really experience for myself. And I know that they do happen, um, I guess, in rural areas here, but we, they don't get much news. Um, <clears throat> and the cattle mutilations, it's a lot darker than the crop circles. So if they are real, are these, it's hard to believe it's the same, same species, same thing going on. But I know then crop circles and cattle mutilations are associated with farms and like cornfields. You know, um, I was just watching the movie Signs the other day. And um, well, the crop circle that they use in that is um, the design is a real one. Uh So it's based on a famous one, I believe, from the 70s in the that Led Zeppelin also put on its uh, music album cover, I believe. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean that I'm not sure the, um, I mean the cattle mutilation phenomenon is very much like the abduction phenomenon where, you know, like you have the craft that goes over the cow or the person and the beam of light comes down. Um, and so I mean, I want to, I don't know that I want to, but I tend to lean toward the ET theory, but I will say the cattle mutilations have been really well covered up. So it's been, it's one of the harder things to research. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a story of Dan Aykroyd, who I think was even going to do, cover that for some like, ufo show like way back in the day and they that kind of they started to look into that and the story goes things halted (laughs) so you know that makes you wonder um would something us humans are doing be something we'd be more likely to to cover up 
with such so aggressively yeah right um could it be that we're working with the ets that's a scary thought that you know we could be okay with bad things happening to humans or animals you know here on earth Um, yeah it seems like we could be working together though doesn't it (laughs) you know Honest, my, my 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 own honest opinion is that 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 humans probably do have some type of agreement with at least certain governments have agreements yeah. with with different groups of uh, aliens, you know, in exchange for probably technology or or even safety. You know, okay, yeah. I'll let you do this as long as you don't destroy us, right. And don't you have to, and what I would propose to people, um, don't get too frustrated or angry at people who've made these agreements or been secret about it. Um, Because, you know, what would you do? You know, I mean, do you really, do you really have a choice (laughs) if an alien comes to you and and is like, let's make a deal? You probably don't feel that you actually have a choice. Right. Right. You know, and so... I think some amnesty and some understanding of people who might have been privy to this knowledge would be helpful, like to help disclosure, you know, get along disclosure, get this out into the open. Because if this was in the open, you wouldn't have these private agreements being made in the first place. Yeah. I interviewed somebody last week and um, she had entered a crop circle near Stonehenge and she passed out in the middle of the crop circle, woke up two hours later. And after that, she, she says she's able to telepathically communicate with the Syrian race. It was a great, it was a great interview. Did she ever, I mean, she's written. Did she have experiences before, which I'm not saying that invalidates. No, not really. See that? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, and she's written a bunch of books about it. It's like called the New Syrian Revelations. Wow. Well, I mean, there's so much that we're learning about the human brain, you know, just well outside UFOs and aliens, but just about memories and like just the power of our subconscious. And it's so, yeah, did that trigger... Did it? Did she have an experience, or did it trigger some ancient? It was like a memory, like, almost. It, 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 was like a, like, it was like a, it was like it was like like during that time that she was out. The way she describes it is like, um, like imagine like like your brain is like a radio receiver, you know, mm-hmm. and when she was out, like her brain was like recalibrated in a way that I could receive these messages from yeah. this race. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's a good way. I. I've always kind of, or not always, but in recent years, thought of consciousness kind of like this invisible thing that's almost everywhere, right? And then, yes, yes, our bodies are, yeah, exactly that, like these physical receivers or transmitters of it. And so it's just a matter of figuring out which one, you know, which, yeah, what consciousness to tune into. So, yeah, and that's, again, that's, I'd love to go into a crop circle to actually see what it or feel what it feels like. Cause that's what I've heard is that it's, it's just 
you can feel it. Yeah. Like you, you can feel when you're in a real crop circle. I would love to do that myself too. Versus a man-made one. So. Although I don't know if I'll ever see a crop circle here. <laughs> but you well, never know. Okay. And there's a lot of farmland where I am. It may not, it just may not get reported on is maybe what, what's happening. Because I don't think most farmers want the attention or a lot of people coming, you know, to their property. So I know it annoys, mm-hmm. you know, some people. But I think in the UK, there's almost this, like, process around it uh, and some, sort of a spiritual like, a tourism thing. industry around it. And so it's able, it can happen there. You know, they can all kind of coexist together, the <laughs> farmers and in the crop circles. So. Yeah, I, I can picture the, the farmers here in Alabama like, damn it, not another crop circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, in, in the movie Signs, that's what happens, it happens is Mel Gibson actually assumes there's these just jokesters on his property. And he's like, I'm not going to put this on the news. You're not going to make any money from this crop circle. So it's just that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, how about like uh, like a lot of people assume that extraterrestrials are just beings from another planet, and then there's other people who are a little bit even more open than that, and think that extraterrestrials could be beings from other dimensions. Um, what, what's your take on that? It's totally fair, and in some ways, it seems more likely. <laughs> Um, just because, um, at least to those who aren't, don't know about the UFO history and don't know about the history of possible alien visitation, um, and that you kind of hear just the numbers of just the vastness of space and time and you know, how time and space are, I mean, they're inexorably linked, right? Like you right can't um if something's very far away it's also very far away in time and you you can't get away from the idea of kind of of other dimensions and just yeah of um other types of existences so yes i think that's fair um i don't know that we have any specific evidence to point us to that right now you know the conversations that are being had right now is are there is there life on venus or is there life on mars and what's interesting um is there could be but that doesn't mean that there isn't life also elsewhere so again like to what we were talking about earlier is even if you've got a gray alien that comes down from mars to planet earth and it's like okay here I am, here are the aliens. Well, it's like, okay, well, is there life also on Venus? Is there life outside our solar system? Well, um, what about time travelers still? It's not like those theories go away. They, it, it actually just increases. Because now, yeah, yeah, now you don't just door. have, right, now you have evidence not just of life on planet Earth, but life in our solar system. And now, you, you know, so it actually just increases the chances of all these things you're talking about. Um, it's not like, oh, now we found out that life is this terrestrial spaceship, you know, from a nearby star. It's like, oh, wow, that's possible. What else is possible? Right. Um, yeah. Do you think that 
octopuses or octopi or aliens? That is such a fun idea. And so for those who don't know, there have been some serious scientific papers <laughs> suggesting that octopus or octopi um, could originate from outer space just because their DNA is so weird and they're one of the oldest, like weirdest creatures here. Yeah. And, and that, well, that's why um, I suppose, I mean, I have a pretty big hunch that aliens, alien life of some kind exists and have visited. And it's because of things like what you're talking about. Like these, this just look, we barely, um, there's so much in the ocean we still have not discovered. There's still, you know, um, I think there are large, largish primates we've recently discovered, <laughs> like within the last decade, you know, here on planet Earth. And so um, what we keep learning on planet Earth is there's, there's life and life and life, like where you don't expect it to be. Um, life, um, that you didn't know existed, you know, and then you go back in history, more and more life that you didn't, oh, dinosaur, there were even more dinosaurs. They, right. they were, they, and so it just keeps adding. And so really with um, my guess is, well, there must be life teeming out there too, you know, and it's just a matter of just looking, you know, and we really have barely started looking. I mean, we've walked on the moon and we've sent some, cameras to you know a few planets yeah right and all of these missions have been highly you know all of these missions we can guess could have classified components yes right so there was um you know before before we end the podcast I'm not sure how much um how much time we have but people should remember like it, there was a secret space program. Um, so we know about Neil Armstrong and um, you know, Buzz Aldrin and all yes. these people, but there was a secret space program that employed over 32 astronauts. And the only reason I know about it is because the New York times reported on it when that program shut down. <laughs> So you don't really hear about these things when they're happening, but you'll sometimes hear about them after they've shut down. So uh, what, what were these secret astronauts? Where were they going? You know, what were they finding? You know, what was their contribution to, to all of this? It, I'm guessing that NASA has a pretty good hunch that there's life, <clears throat> that there was or is life on Mars and Venus. And that's because of maybe some secret missions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even some of the moons out there, see one of the other planets, they yeah. say that there was, were really very probably, and still are habitable. I mean, think of how many objects that is now in our own solar system that we're starting to hear, okay, maybe it could be habitable. You know, that's Mars, Venus. Yes, there's a moon on one. It was a, one of Jupiter's moons. Yeah, I, I think say. that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, one of Jupiter's moons. So that's three objects in our own solar system. And just years ago, it's people would um, say, or skeptics would say, it's impossible for life to ever become so advanced 
you know, to travel, you know, across different solar systems. And now it's like, well, actually, maybe it's just like right here. <laughs> and th then that actually increases. So all of our previous equations and theories about the possibility of life being out there are based on this whole idea that life is only on Earth. Right. So once you prove that there's life on Venus and mm -hmm. Mars and Jupiter's moon, those equations change completely. Yeah. Um, how about that? Um, well, they don't really know what it was, but that they, they thought it was like some type of asteroid, but it wasn't. Yeah. I think it's like, I can't remember that Hawaiian name, Ohuna or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a really hard name to remember. And, uh, had a you know, and, it, and it came like, it came from outside of our our solar yeah. system and just you know, passed was, by and kind of looked at us and that, kept exactly. on going. That was kind of one of those stories where, again, like there were all these exciting scientific theories and then it just kind of, that was it. It never really, the story never really went in there, went anywhere, you know? Um, and that's how stories like that normally go. So it's like, oh, there's signals from outer space. Uh, but maybe they're not. They didn't happen again. You know, and then mm -hmm. you hear again, oh, there's signals from this part of outer space. Oh, you know, whatever. It could be this. We don't know. Um, and then there's, oh, there, there could have been um, the water on Mars story. That story has been told so many yes. times in different ways. So it's, that's been the pattern of, like, let's just suggest that maybe there's alien life out there and then not really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then suggest it again and not really talk about it. But now that we're, now that these stories are coming out, it's in a different context where we're also saying that UFOs are real and are visiting. So I feel like this isn't an accident, you know, um, Hey, there could be life on Mars. Hey, there could be life on Venus. Hey, there's UFOs that are not man-made off-world vehicles. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of like, even if you don't realize you're getting both, both of that in your brain, yeah. I think public's getting both of those messages right now in their brain. And certainly some dots are connecting. Do you think they're trying to get us ready? Yes. I mean, I think that's, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's what a lot of this has been for, you know, all these years is it hasn't been for nothing, you know, um, that there's some rhyme or reason to the cover up was that, uh, that classic war of the world's scenario, right. Where they're worried about people panicking is, is that was the motive and, um, wanting the public to be informed in a way that could be as, um, peaceful and <laughs> productive as possible. And so I hope that that means we've, you know, the public's arrived somewhat, you know, to that place. I know that's a big matter of debate, but yes, I mean, I think there must be um, some of the consulting that's been done on Hollywood movies and um, the selective declassification of certain files has all been done with yes an end in mind and yeah maybe we're we're getting there so so you have, do you do you think that people like uh spielberg have been given information to put in their movies to, to start that process 
I'm like 90% sure. So, I mean, J. Allen Hynek, who we're talking about, the father of ufology, he consulted on Close Encounters of the Third Kind and was actually had a cameo in it. Um, so, I mean, that there, there you have that. There's a rumor that Ronald Reagan, um, I think it was Ronald Reagan. It's just a rumor. Um, but he was another UFO witness and believer. Um, entered, when he showed E.T. to the White House, like I guess a personal viewing, introduced it as based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So... And I mean, Spielberg's done a bunch of alien movies, you know, War of the Worlds, you know, being one of them, which, you know, kind of has that fun history yeah. of, you know, being told over the radio waves and people panicked. And there's a lot of theories that that is why disclosure didn't happen sooner, <laughs> sooner, you know, Um yeah, I think he must have at least been consulted to some degree about maybe, maybe, maybe he's told things like, um, yeah, go ahead with uh, that type of alien look, you know, things like that, or mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't talk about that, you know, or make sure the ships look like this. And now, how does Spielberg deal with that information? He, he's left to wonder probably like you and me. But yeah, I think he's been told information that probably you and me haven't been told. I got to get Spielberg on my podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how to get him. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? The, the, the house in Closed Encounters that where the kid opens up the back door and the light shines in is right down the street from me. That is cool. Whoa. Yeah, it's like right there. And, it, and there's some rumor that Spielberg and Lucas made some kind of bet while in that house. I don't know what the specifics of the bet, but. Oh, man, you got to keep. Oh, that'd be cool if you could get like an interview there. <laughs> well, right now, actually, yeah. it's, a, it's an antique store. Oh, well, so, hey. So, so, so anybody from the maybe public you can could go get in an there. interview there then. I like, yeah, just like show it. That's really fun though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, they're kind of building like a highway now through the front oh. yard of it. Oh, bummer. But but I think they're keeping the the house there because it's, you know, because of its history. Yeah, well, that's a great movie. Um, it Just another fun close encounters fact that I love to share with people. So Project Stargate was we were talking about earlier is the where the CIA was basically researching psychic and remote viewing phenomenon. Uh-huh. And if people remember there's the plot in Close Encounters where um Richard Dreyfus is having like a psychic vision essentially of the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Yes. Spoiler alert guys. <laughs> Old movie I think I'm allowed to spoil it. And he makes like a mud um version of it right well i'm not sure when um you know when this would have been written versus when the cia was doing this but as part of project stargate they would do this thing where they'd have i guess would be psychics or remote viewers like have an envelope with like something written inside and then they'd have to um make or or write what it is anyways there's one of the devil's tower though and there appears to be a picture of like a mud um, 
or like a clay mold of it, you know, mm. as if some remote viewer psychic was maybe given that same, was given um, Devil's Tower, uh-huh. right? You know, uh, maybe in an envelope or something wasn't clear the actual details of the experiment were attached to those particular documents but that's that appears to be what was happening and so that's interesting you know you've got the ufo guy jalen hynek consulting spielberg on that movie the cia potentially like having some kind of overlapping interest with the devil's tower and psychic visions and yes very it is cool how it's all kind of connected I have a guy coming on next week that was part of Project Stargate. Oh, perfect. And, and yeah, I've, also, I've also interviewed another guy. His name is um, Dr. Richard Allen. And um, okay. he, he, he'll, he'll, if you ever call, like, get, if you look him up, fine, well, he'll do your show. Okay. And his, he also works on a lot of top secret projects for the government. Um, with like different types of like mind control and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, like, like, like one of his jobs was to train Navy SEALs on how to compartmentalize their emotions so they don't react to situations or feel right. fear. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's some pretty heavy stuff. That's fascinating <laughs> though. Yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, anybody, uh, Project Stargate is one of my more favorite ones because it's it's one of the less frightening projects out there you know some projects you go through the files and you wonder um but this was kind of like one of the more fun ones you know (laughs) um, it was very much experimental and it wasn't like the darker ones like mk ultra right or um operation midnight climax or any of those just like icky icky ones where we were just you know, doing things we should yeah, not well, have it was been. Some, some bad ones, you know, there was that, yeah. um, the Montauk Project, Philadelphia uh-huh. Experiment. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Project Stargate, I feel like, was one of the more fun ones where, like, everybody was just kind of volunteering to mm-hmm. experiment with the psychic phenomenon. And, yeah, I think the movie Project, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes. With George Clooney's based on based on it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on tonight and taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, so where can my listeners find you? Yeah. So I'm on all the social. So um on Instagram, UFO Jane TX. And then um on YouTube, you can search UFO Jane or the handles Texas UFO Sightings in the URL. And then um yeah, from there. I mean, there's TexasUFOSightings.com as well, but those are like some starting points for you. But definitely, <laughs> if, if anybody has seen anything, you know, let me know. And I do look at cases and report on them. So Awesome. And if I hear anything from any of my listeners, I will refer them to you. If I have any listeners in Texas that call me up and say, hey, I got some UFO news. Exactly. For him to call. My way. <laughs> exactly. Great. Well, hang on for a second, and uh, I'm going to stop recording, but I want to talk to you off the air for a second. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. 
You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.